Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 9. Homework, homework, homework. The next morning, Katie woke up very hungry. Getting up out of bed, all she could think about was, I need food now. She entered the kitchen, stuffing anything edible in her mouth. She ate so fast, she hardly chewed. She made an omelet and decided to use all ten eggs. While it was cooking, she went through a box of cereal and started in on the bread. While the omelet was still cooking, she reached for a box of cookies. The cookies were eaten before the omelet was completed. She finished the eggs and began digging in the refrigerator for more food. She found a frozen fruit cake in the freezer. Not wanting to wait to warm it in the microwave, she broke it into pieces and ate the whole thing frozen. Finally, full, Katie glanced around. The kitchen was completely trashed. Dishes were strung out and disregarded. In her mad dash for food, trash littered every surface. The cupboards were all open, including the refrigerator door. With her back against the wall, she slowly slid down onto the floor. She placed her head on her knees, taking in slow, deep breaths, trying to calm down. I'm not sure I can handle this, she said softly in the empty room. She closed her eyes, trying to stop tears from spilling. Her mind immediately drifted to the beautiful pool with the waterfall. Turning her head, she saw the great white tiger, her eyes watching Katie intently. It slowly walked towards her, its massive head level with hers. Her eyes never left the tiger as it slowly paced its forehead against hers. As she heard the gentle purring from the great beast, she felt her emotions begin to calm. When the tiger lifted its head away from her, she stepped back and glanced around. To her surprise, a saber-toothed tiger was standing next to the tiger. A few paces away, a great white wolf stood. Katie slowly turned around as she saw hundreds, perhaps thousands, of animals. Some species she recognized, others she didn't. As far as she could see, there were animals until they blended into the woods. All of them were facing her, watching her intently. Slowly, she reached out, touching the nose of the tiger. Okay, okay, I get it. I'm not alone. Katie raised her head from her knees. The kitchen was still in its messy state. Invigorated, she got up and started to clean. The rest of the week flew by as Katie adjusted to her new reality. She not only had all the extra credit homework due, she also had to keep up with her regular schoolwork. She had lost all patience in Miss Smith's English class. She figured out her grade. If she got 100% on everything, she barely passed with a D-, minus. since she had never gotten 100% on any English assignment, she decided to cut her losses. She worked on her other homework during Miss Smith's fourth period. Miss Smith had other plans for her. She called on Katie regularly. She first tried to pay attention to what was going on in class 
while doing her other homework. She finally had enough and told Miss Smith she could care less what Chaucer said in his stupid poems. Miss Smith sent her to the office. Katie, having no intention of repeating the episode in Principal Davis's office, walked to the library to study. The principal soon caught up with her in sixth hour. She stood quietly as she was told she would have additional days in detention. Since detention was a great place to get homework done, she didn't mind in the least. The next day, Katie showed up in English class. Before she could pull out her book, she was again sent to the principal's office. The librarian never said a word to her as she came in and sat down at one of the tables. Principal Davis didn't show up to reprimand her. She never bothered going back to Miss Smith's class. She brought a sack lunch that included food for her and Mr. Kelly. During lunch, they both ate while he tutored her. She would stay long after detention was over working on her homework. Arriving home, she would eat dinner and work on her homework until it was time to go to bed. A couple of times, Jackson came into her thoughts. She told him to leave her alone. She was working on her homework at the kitchen table when her mother walked in the front door. Startled, she glanced up from her work. She had avoided all phone calls, including her mother's, all week. For a few minutes, she sat staring at her mother, wondering why she was there. She then deduced it was Saturday, the day her mother was supposed to come home. She still felt resentful over her mother's last word to her. Her mom made small talk, to which Katie merely grunted or ignored. Finally, her mother sat down at the table. Katie, we need to talk, her mother said in a determined voice. Exasperated, Katie looked up from her books. No, Mom, we don't. Yes, we do, her mom raised her voice. She then took a deep breath and said quietly, Look, I can tell you're still upset. But I'm upset, too. You told me I could count on you, and you decided to take that trust and throw it back in my face by skip. I was sick, Katie interrupted. Did I have friends over? Did I have a great big party? Katie pushed herself from the table. I am so sick of you telling me what a disappointment I am to you. I never said you were. Do you know what an unexcused absence means? Katie interrupted. It means you get a zero for that day, and you can't make it up. She looked at her mother's shocked face. I got six days of zeros. Six days, she shouted. I am your mother, and I know you have never been sick that long in your life. Her mother still didn't believe her. Katie walked over and started shoving books into her bag. She was so angry, but she knew she had to shake that familiar heat in her belly. She walked into her room, grabbed some clothes, and shoved them in her book bag. She headed for the front door. Where do you think you're going? Her mother's raised voice came from the kitchen. Out! Katie shouted back. Oh, no, you don't. We're going to talk this out. Her mother's voice sounded a little nearer. No, Mom, we're not. Katie opened the door and ran to the woods. It felt good to give in to the heat. Her change was simultaneously to her entering into the woods. She paused only to reach down and grab her bag with her mouth. She ran to the only refuge she knew. Katie walked up the steps to Forrest's log house. The front door opened easily. It was surprising how large and spacious it was on the inside. Even though the outside of the house looked as if nobody had been around in years, the inside didn't have much dust. Stairs led up to a loft where a large bedroom could be seen. The kitchen area was surprisingly modern. She checked the lights. They didn't work. 
There was a back door leading out of the kitchen. Katie could see a note from Forrest telling her the generator was out back. Not knowing how to work a generator, let alone start one, she decided to leave that for the next visit. She glanced above the cupboards and saw about ten oil lamps placed in a row. The lamps were familiar to her. Her mother had several in case electricity turned off in a thunderstorm. Katie climbed up on the cabinet and got a couple of them down. She placed them on the kitchen table. She pulled out her books and began again on her homework. She stayed at the cabin until Sunday afternoon. Every time she thought of her mother, a knot formed in her chest. She knew her mother was probably worried sick about her. She also knew her mother had no idea what was really happening in her life. So it was unfair how Katie had reacted to her. It still didn't lift the hurt she felt. Katie reached the edge of woods. She paused when she saw Sam's car in the driveway. Turning back into human form, she reached into her bag, pulling out her clothes. Mentally preparing for the ordeal ahead of her, Katie walked out of the woods towards the house. As soon as she reached the clearing, her mother burst out of the house at a dead run. She grabbed Katie in a huge bear hug and started crying. It's okay, Mom. She tried to comfort her mom. She had never seen her mother cry before, let alone so uncontrollably. Where were you? Her mother demanded. I called everyone I could think of. I just couldn't find you. Her mom pulled out of the embrace and started physically checking her out for any damage done to her. Feeling like a two-year-old, Katie endured the torture a little longer for her mother's sake. I'm fine, Mom. She looked behind her mother and saw Lizzie and Sam standing there watching the scene. Sam had her arms folded with a disapproving look on her face. Katie grimaced at her and turned back to her mother. Come on, let's go in. Her mom grabbed her face with both hands. I'm sorry, Katie. I'm so sorry for not believing you. Sam told me you were really sick and couldn't go to school. I wish, irritated, Katie pulled out of her mother's embrace. She believed Sam, but not me, she thought. She wanted to start arguing the point until she looked into her mother's cheerful face. All anger drained from her. It's okay, Mom. I understand. She didn't, but she no longer wanted to fight about it either. We need to celebrate, her mother demanded. Lizzie and Sam can come too. I have something I want to tell you. Katie glanced back at her two friends. Lizzie shrugged in acceptance. Sam hesitated for a moment and then slowly nodded her assent. Katie tried to walk into the house. Her mother kept grabbing her to make sure she was still there. Grabbing a change of clothes, she showered and changed. When she reached her bedroom, Sam and Lizzie were sitting on her broken bed. Where were you? Sam demanded in a hushed voice. Your mom called half the county. She even had the forest rangers looking for you. I stayed in a cabin I found in the woods, Katie whispered back. You found a cabin in the woods? Lizzie asked, looking behind her to make sure Katie's mom wasn't standing in the doorway. Yeah, someone by the name of Forrest. Katie could see Lizzie straighten up. There's an actual man named Forrest? Yeah, he owns a cabin about ten miles from here. Lizzie's excitement showed on her face. Do you guys remember that man at my grandma's funeral? He said I must be related to Forrest because I look just like him. I thought that name sounded familiar. I just couldn't remember where I had heard it before, Katie said in a rushed whisper. Your mom has been going crazy, Sam interrupted. Katie glanced towards Sam. The disapproving look was back. I'm sorry, Sam. It was either stick around and change into a wolf in front of her or leave. Which one do you prefer? 
Sam sighed, her frustration immediately leaving her. Okay, I understand. There has to be a way for us to communicate with you. So if you decide to disappear again, we have a valid excuse for you. Girls, are you coming? All three girls jumped when Katie's mom called from the living room. Uh, be right there, Katie called back. The smells of the restaurant made Katie's mouth water. She was so hungry, she could hardly control herself. Sitting down, she drummed her fingers on the table impatiently. When the waitress finally came, she was so ready to order. For an appetizer, I want a large order of buffalo chicken wings. I would like to have a 20-ounce steak, medium well. No, make that rare. I want two full orders of baby back ribs, french fries instead of any vegetables, and for dessert, I want a cheesecake as well as a chocolate swirl delight. Katie glanced up from the menu to see three sets of eyes staring at her. Heat filled her cheeks as she realized she had ordered more than all of the rest of the table combined. She also didn't want to take anything back. She turned back to the menu, ignoring everyone's stares. Um, I will also have a salad with dressing on the side, please. She casually gave the menu to the waitress. Before the waitress could leave, Katie could not resist. Could you make sure we don't run out of bread? Katie's mom sat back in her chair with a questioning look on her face. Katie knew she was trying to choose her words carefully, not to offend her. She patiently waited for her mother to start. It didn't take long. So, Katie, I sort of noticed there's no food in the house. Surprise reflected on Katie's face. She did not expect that to be the conversation. I've been getting hungry lately, she responded. Yeah, I guess you have. I even noticed you ate the fruitcake. I was going to give away. Her mother gave her a wry smile. I didn't think you liked fruitcake. Katie remembered her early morning binge and started turning red. She didn't really know what to say. I ate the fruitcake, Mrs. Johnson. Sam jumped in. I'm sorry if you had plans for it. Her mother gave Sam a startled look. That's okay. I'm sure I can find something else for Forrest. Katie could see Lizzie's response to the name Forrest. She glanced at her friend and gave a small shake of her head. If her mother knew they were interested, she would clam up. She reached for a piece of bread, resisting the urge to shove the thing in her mouth whole. Forrest, she said casually. Who's that? Her mother gave a quick glance towards Lizzie. Oh, just someone I know. It was obvious she was uncomfortable with the conversation. Katie gave Sam a how-do-we-proceed look. Sam gave her a slight shrug before she turned to Katie's mom. I heard you tell my mom you had forest rangers looking for Katie, she said as nonchalantly as possible. Did you have the forest rangers or this forest person? Surprised, Katie looked quickly towards Sam. The idea had not even crossed her mind. She quickly looked back at her mother. Her mom glanced from one girl to the next. She seemed to realize each girl was hanging on her every word. She shrugged, trying to ease the tension from the table. Katie didn't take her car, she said in explanation. She must have taken off in the woods. Forrest can find anyone, so I called him. He told me he lost Katie's scent the minute she walked into the woods. My scent? Katie interrupted. She gave her two friends a quick, startled look before returning all attention back to her mother. I'm sure he meant your tracks. Her mother waved her hand as if to ward off an unwanted fly. He doesn't talk all that much, so when he does, he mixes his words up. Lizzie leaned in. Who exactly is Forrest? 
she asked, obviously tired of all the subterfuge Katie and Sam were playing. Startled, Katie's mom glanced at Lizzie and immediately changed the subject. No matter how many times each girl tried other ways to broach the subject of Forrest, her mother clammed up and changed the subject. Katie could feel Lizzie's disappointment. She reached over, clasping Lizzie's hand. Don't worry, she whispered, when her mother's attention was somewhere else. We'll find out who he is. Lizzie smiled appreciatively. Katie finished her first dessert and grabbed her second. She was finally starting to feel full. She glanced at her friends and mother. They had been finished with their dinners for quite some time. Shrugging, she started digging into the chocolate, savoring the taste. Katie, I wanted to tell you something, her mom began. Katie looked up from her chocolate, looking every inch of the spoon. All she could say was, mm-hmm. Her mother looked disgusted. She didn't know if it was because of the amount of food she just consumed or her lack of response. She didn't dare glance at her friends to see their reaction. She kept digging into her dessert, waiting for her mom. As you know, I went to Chicago. The trip was a complete success. While I was there, several of my pieces sold. I need to send them more of my stuff. Her mother's excitement eventually registered against Katie's need for more calories. She stopped and noticed for the first time how her eyes sparkled with enthusiasm. She had a confidence that was always there, but seemed to have been magnified over the week she had been gone. Katie put the spoon down. Wow, Mom, I'm really happy for you. She was not sure what all this meant. She waited for her mother to continue. You have no idea how long I've waited for this. Her mother was bursting with happiness. If my pieces keep selling like this, it will mean a whole new way of life for us. That means Katie's birthday party will be more spectacular than last year, Lizzie inserted with a laugh. Katie tried to kick Lizzie under the table to stop her. She heard Sam's explanation and realized she missed. Glancing at Sam apologetically, Katie turned to her mother. Her mom had a frozen look on her face. I forgot your birthday. It was a statement instead of a question. She could see her mother mentally counting back the days. Last Monday, she said softly. Oh, Katie, I'm so sorry. There was so much going on. It's okay, Mom, really, Katie interrupted. I understand. Up until then, she hadn't. She just wanted her mother to feel better. Looking down at her dessert, she no longer wanted it. Let's get out of here. Pushing herself from the table, she walked to the car, not waiting for the others to join her. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pond, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.